February 17th, Joshua chapter 10, verses 1 through 15. As soon as Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, heard how Joshua had captured Ai and had devoted it to destruction, doing to Ai and its king as he had done to Jericho and its king, and how the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were among them, he feared greatly, because Gibeon was a great city, like one of the royal cities, and because it was greater than I and all its men were warriors. So Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, sent to Hoham, king of Hebron, to Piram, king of Jarmuth, to Japhia, king of Lachish, and to Debir, king of Eglon, saying, Come up to me and help me, and let us strike Gibeon, for it has made peace with Joshua and with the people of Israel. Then the five kings of the Amorites, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, and the king of Eglon, gathered their forces and went up with all their armies and encamped against Gibeon and made war against it. And the men of Gibeon sent to Joshua at the camp in Gilgal, saying, Do not relax your hand from your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us and help us, for all the kings of the Amorites who dwell in the hill country are gathered against us. So Joshua went up from Gilgal, he and all the people of war with him, and all the mighty men of valor. And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear them, for I have given them into your hands. Not a man of them shall stand before you. So Joshua came upon them suddenly, having marched up all night from Gilgal. And the Lord threw them into a panic before Israel, who struck them with a great blow at Gibeon, and chased them by the way of the ascent of Beth Horon, and struck them as far as Azekah and Makedah. And as they fled before Israel, while they were going down the ascent of Beth Horon, the Lord threw down large stones from heaven on them as far as Azekah, and they died. There were more who died because of the hailstones than the sons of Israel killed with the sword. At that time, Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord gave the Amorites over to the sons of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand still at Gibeon, and moon in the valley of Ijalon. And the sun stood still, and the moon stopped until the nation took vengeance on their enemies. Is this not written in the book of Jashar? The sun stopped in the midst of heaven and did not hurry to set for about a whole day. There has been no day like it before or since when the Lord heeded the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. So Joshua returned and all Israel with him to the camp at Gilgal. Big Godders versus Little Godders, Sam Storms. Some 12 years following his graduation from Princeton Theological Seminary, Donald Gray Barnhouse, pastor at 10th Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia, was invited to preach in chapel. His former professor, Robert Dick Wilson, sat attentively on the first row.
After Barnhouse had concluded his message, Wilson approached him and said, If you come back again, I will not come to hear you preach. I only come once. I am glad that you are a big godder. When my boys come back to the seminary, I come to see if they are big godders or little godders, and then I know what kind of ministry they will have. Barnhouse was confused and asked him to explain himself. Well, said Robert Dick Wilson, some men have a little God and they are always in trouble with him. He can't do any miracles. He can't take care of the inspiration of the scriptures and their preservation and transmission to us. They have a little God, and I call them little godders. Then there are those who have a great God. He speaks and it is done. He commands and it stands fast. He knows how to show himself strong on behalf of those that fear him. You have a great God, and he will bless your ministry. You are a big Godder. How big is your God? Is he big enough to create the universe and uphold it by the word of his power, and to providentially govern its direction and bring about the consummation of all things in precisely the way that he planned? Or do you worship and love and serve a tiny God, a pygmy God, a diminutive deity, a wee little God who easily fits in your back pocket or in a box of your own making, a so-called God who is unsure of himself and can't guarantee that anything he desires to accomplish will ever ultimately be brought to pass. Joshua was a big Godder. He knew that his God was big enough to work all things together for good, big enough to defeat the enemies of Israel and to grant Israel their inheritance in the Promised Land. You can't understand Joshua chapter 10 if you aren't a big godder. Little godders are confused by the events in this chapter. Big godders, on the other hand, love Joshua chapter 10. If you know God to be great and big and immeasurable and majestic, such miracles are but the fringes of his power, the mere droplets in an ocean of divine omnipotence. Are you a big godder? If so, come to him with big requests. Come to him with impossible tasks. Come to him asking for the unlikely. Come and ask.